Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Thanks, Tash. It's good to be with you this morning and uh, always excited about Vision and Vision Sunday. Um, I suppose maybe um, we would love to be sharing a little bit more Vision, but we'll talk to you about that as we go through the journey this morning. Welcome to everybody online as well. It's great to have you. Dixie did a good job this morning. He broke a string. I'm not a musician, but um, I imagine that that does change things a little. So he did well um, with five wheels on his wagon. He, um, he, he got through good. Brilliant. Um, as you will know um, that we are on this series called Advance. That's the word that we felt the Lord give us for um, 2021, for the next season up to Christmas. And the whole idea, as you can see there around Matthew 6.33, seeking first the kingdom of God. That's a great verse and all um, his right ways. And when we seek him first, what happens is we, 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 we do that and then everything else gets added on. I love that verse. There's something special about it. So, and the idea of that was that we wanted to be of a front foot posture, that we're not shrinking back. You know, we're coming out of a pandemic, hopefully, and um, we're not on the back foot, but we're on the front foot. We want to be advancing. We want to be moving forward as a church. And um, uh, we still aren't really clear what the future looks like. Um, In the natural, we aren't that sure whether there's going to be any more lockdowns. Many of you are dealing with the uncertainty of kids at school and stuff like that, where some classes are out at the moment and all of that is going on. So the road ahead can seem a little foggy. There is no doubt about that. And in some ways, it feels a bit like we're in the wilderness waiting for the cloud to move, like Dave um, reminded us so powerfully last week. But we sense that the Lord is um, raising our anticipation. There's a sense of anticipation within us for the days ahead, and Dave and I are going to tag team a little this morning in a moment or two just to talk to you about our six practices and where we see that going over the next few months. We'd love to be sharing with a little bit more clarity and precision but um, what the vision really looks like, but at the minute we sense the Holy Spirit just asking us to stay in step with Him. That's basically what we feel, um, that the Spirit is just gently nudging us to stay in step. And so we're in a unique moment of history. There's no doubt about that. The Spirit is growing within us in a bigger vision on how to move forward. And um, in a in a five to 10 year plan, which we're planning to put forward to you in January. But between now and then, um, we have some um, steps that we're, uh, we're working away in the background at that at this moment in time. At our 25-year celebration, um, that particular day, we were praying, Dave and Al and Chris and I were praying. We pray every Wednesday, 12 to 1, in the prayer room, and we were praying that Wednesday, and we got the word on roll the scroll. If you've been in our prayer room, you'll know that there's a big brown scroll of paper, and we got the scroll that night. I held it here, and two of our kids took it right to the back. And then the challenge was, as we left the room, that we would walk on it and sort of 
because it was a blank scroll, and basically what we're saying, we're 25 years old as a church, but we've got a, a journey ahead of us. We've got a future looking forward to the next 25 years. And I stood in that scroll with two of my um, grandkids um, who are like 15 and 10, and was saying, you know, in the next 25 years, they're going to be 35, um, 40, um, I'm going to be 88. Um, the Lord spurs me. Um, and, and, and so what we were saying was that God is calling us to scribe some dreams on that paper. And so as we go into this autumn winter series, our, our, we sense the Spirit um, saying to us that our, our short-term vision is to be all about developing a process to listen to Him for a long-term vision. That's basically what we're saying, all right? And so responding in obedience to this, we're going to do this in some ways. So just to let you know, that's what we want to do this morning. I'm going to give you a little biblical context of this in a moment. But um, our senior lead team consists of Dave and myself and Al and Chris, who are ported down. And we meet weekly, we meet every Tuesday morning for a few hours. And we pray and we sense God, we chat, and we do loads of things. But over the next season, we are giving our hearts and minds to this. Um, we feel the weight of the Lord to fast and to pray uh, about what January is going to look like. We're going to have key conversations with our elders, our board, and our ministry leaders that will continue to, to move forward. We want to have some wider church input as well, so loads of conversation with you guys, so catalyst conversations. We're looking at um, some of the ideas around mental health and poverty, so calling. We'll be doing a gathering of that, and if you're interested to chat and have a process around things like that, those are only two of the biggies where we look for a day of prayer. We're going to have a day of prayer, which will be creative, where we'll have loads of stations that you can come and scribe some of your dreams on that we can create and pull in, and so there's a, a full church embodiment to the vision, looking at um, a church survey uh, in the next wee while, talking about our corporate prayer gatherings where we talk about this in a moment or two, but the ongoing spaces in our church rhythms to allow us to press in together. And of course, one-on-one -on -one conversations with each other. We're always up for a coffee, and um, that's good. And so all of these have been, bar the last one, I suppose, all of these have been placed in the dairy and um, we're, we're, we're trying to honor the process. That's basically what we're trying to do. So with this in mind, um, let, let me just give you a couple of little things that are, are bread and butter, things that you know. So for instance, our um, vision has not changed. Our vision statement is still to help rewrite the story of Craig Evan, Ireland, and the nations with the good news of the kingdom of God. Our values and our practices have not changed. So our values have been for many, many years to love God. And we do that through prayer and worship. We do that through ways of creativity, um, our, our, our idea of loving people, um, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, of course, loving people in acts of hospitality and our ideas of looking at um, issues of justice and compassion. And then, of course, loving the world through mission and through making disciples. And in a moment or two, as I say, Dave's going to join me. We're going to be like Chaz and Dave up here, and our two stools, or maybe like two Val Dunigans, I don't know, but all depends what age you are. Um, uh, we're going to go through our six sort of 
um, steps or six aims or six practices and look at some short-term things that we're going to do. But before we do that, let me just talk to you through a, a little scripture that's caught me at the moment. I'm going to put it on the screen just for sake of time because um, we've a, a lot to run through this morning. And it's the first five verses of Exodus 16. I'm reading it from the New King James Version. So let's, let's read it together. They journeyed from Elam and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And it says, And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and when we ate bread to the full. They're romanticizing their bondage. <laughs> romanticizing their bondage. What had happened to them, what, what had happened, they'd got confused. And so what they were looking, they were now in freedom and they thought they were still in bondage. And they were looking back to their bondage and they were romanticizing it as freedom. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy process to get into if we're not careful. It says, for you've brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them. I've underlined and bolded that because I want to talk to you about that whether they will walk in my law or not, and it shall be in the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And again, I say, was that little phrase, the Lord will bless the reading of his public word, he always does. So um, that I may test him, it caught me over the last few weeks. And we stand a bit in a land in between. That's where these people there were in a land in between. They weren't where they came from, they weren't where they were, but they hadn't reached to where they were going. <laughs> it sort of sounds a bit familiar, doesn't it? They were in the in-between land, and in this in-between land, they were that they were journeying out for some from somewhere. It didn't seem pretty clear, really, where they were going. And um, we are a bit like that. We haven't arrived, but. Um, uh, and if you think you're heading back to normal, I hate to disillusion you, but normal doesn't exist anymore. Normal is not there. So if you think we're going back to normal, normal has gone, all right? We find ourselves doing this balancing act at the moment, and we're living in this hybrid world. We're living in this hybrid world today. We want to talk about how we can advance in the land in between. How do we advance in this? Because the time between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise is always a very powerful time. And some of you people in who are my generation, or maybe a little bit older, that you look back maybe to a promise that God has given you that you're still awaiting a fulfillment on. And the time between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise is a very powerful time. It's the time where most people get disillusioned. It's the time where most people give up. It's the time where most people backslide because they felt they heard God, but it hasn't come to fulfillment yet. And if you feel like that, and you're, we're probably all somewhere in that process, if you feel like that, you're in really good company, all right? Because Moses was in that place for 40 years. Jesus was in that place for 30 years. Joseph was in that place for 17 years. The apostle Paul was in that place for 14 years. On and on I could go. I stood at a little bridge when I was a boy of 11 and had a dream of pulling people together and worshiping God. It was 27 years before that 
that dream took any kind of shape at all. And now 50 plus years on, I'm still waiting on some of the fulfillment. There's still things not fulfilled. So we've got to hold on to the dream. We've got to live in the land in between. We've got to know what it's like to live in a land where we haven't fully received the promise. And uh, I was thinking on Wednesday about a bunch of leaders that I wanted to encourage on Wednesday evening in a Zoom call. And I was thinking about the testing of the lockdown. I was thinking about the testing time that we all went through um, during the pandemic, during lockdown, and how it's working at, out now. Like, we were tested in every front, weren't we? We were tested physically, we were tested emotionally, we were tested spiritually, we were tested socially, weren't allowed to gather, weren't allowed to get within two meters of someone, and we could say, yippee, we come through the test, we can celebrate that here we are, we're still alive, and we come through the test. And then the thought struck me, what if that was the lesson time and now we're in the testing zone. Because that, that's what happens, isn't it? You do a lesson, and then you get tested on it. What if, what if that wasn't the testing time? What if that was just the time that God wanted to teach us some lessons? And now we're in the testing zone. And, and I think that um, if, if, uh, if, if, if we look at it that way, then what happens if we, what if the lesson about finding God's faithfulness and moving in a time of major unrest, and now that you're trying to find your new rhythm, that this is the test, to see that you will hold on to all that God said during that time, during that lockdown, during that um, lesson time. And in our reading today, the people of God find themselves in the midst of a test. They had um, witnessed the 10 plagues. They saw God move in a supernatural way, that came out of bondage of oppression, loaded with money, loaded with silver and gold. Like they could, they were, they, the Egyptians just give them everything. They came out loaded, we would say. And um, they had came to the Red Sea. They had stood between water, between a sea and an army. And God had split the water and they'd walked through on dry ground, all right? They'd walked through. It wasn't like Charlton Heston, all right, getting the wheels stuck in mud. It was dry ground, it was dry ground, and they walked right through with these walls of water on the other side of them supernaturally. They'd watched as they got to the other side of the sea. They'd watched the, the most powerful force in the world at that time go into the waters and get completely obliterated by the hand of God. God had totally redeemed these people, they'd, they'd, and now God was putting them to the test. And we know from the story, if we were to unpack it this morning, that they didn't do very well, actually. They were grumbling about Moses. They were frustrated with God. They were confusing their bondage with their freedom. They, they just got it all muddled up, as I said earlier. And I wondered as we move into this new season that God may be testing us. And could the testing be a little similar to what he tested our friends here in the wilderness and the land in between? So how do you hold it together in a time like this? How do you stay Put, how do, you, how do you stay encouraged in this time? How do you run a business in this time? How do, you, how do you hold your job down? How do you be a school teacher in this time? How do we do ministry in this time? How do we do church in a time like this? And maybe just four ways that I think God might be testing us is that are we willing to trust God? Are we willing to put our complete trust in God? What does it mean to fully trust God in a time that's a little foggy? 
in a time when we are not dead sure what's round the corner? What about our expectation? What are we expecting? Like, um, what does it mean that we take our expectation out of Egypt, out of the world, and put it in God? <laughs> what if we were to take our expectation out of the evening news and put it into God and trust God for everything? In a season of uncertainty like that in our passage, God put bread out in the morning. He put meat out in the evening. If you're to read on there, God still moves in the in-between time. You've got to know that. God is faithful. So what's your expectation? And then I thought, what's your rest? He was actually trying to teach these people how to have a Sabbath. Like, don't forget, these people hadn't a clue what Sabbath was. These people had never had a day off in their lives. They'd been in bondage for 430 years. So every person with Moses in the wilderness had never had a day off. They worked seven days a week. They were beaten if they didn't work. So they didn't know what it was like to take a day off. And, and God was, the reason that God was trying to teach them to have a Sabbath was he was trying to teach them that they weren't slaves anymore. He was trying to teach them that they were free, that they could actually worship God in freedom. And there was a day of the week that they could do nothing. They needed to rest in God. And I think it's a word for us today. We need to look to the opportunities to slow down. It's easy to pick up pace again now that we're coming out of lockdown. It's easy to fill our diaries again. And we find that even in church life, it's easy just to stuff the diary with meetings. And that's the reason why we're not running back into Sunday nights every week, but doing our worship watch and um, the last one of the month. Because we feel it's maybe time to slow down. Slow down in your marriage where you, you, you learn how to love each other a little bit better. Slow down with your kids. Look for the things you've missed while you're speeding. Look for those things. When you drive slowly, you see more. What if our prayer was, wasn't, oh, long, how, Lord, but how deep, oh, Lord? <laughs> what if we changed our prayer to that? Instead of saying, oh, long, how long, oh, Lord, to, to what about how deep, oh, Lord? How deep do you want us to go at this time? If you're single, slow down in your friendships, relationships. There's a, an opportunity to see things that you've never seen before. God is saying, I'm about to do something I've never done before. So slow down. Eliminate hurry from your life. And then lastly, obedience. This was the biggie. God give them enough for each day. Guess what they've done? Of course they did. They gathered too much. And it went moldy. And then the seventh day, when they were told not to go out, they went out to look, and there was none there. They just messed it up. It all boils down to trust. Do we trust God for today and for tomorrow? Or do we hoard up today's blessings in case the blessings don't come tomorrow? That, that, I just th think these are things that God may be saying to us. And maybe, as I said, this is the time of testing that God is taking us through. Now, um, <clears throat> over the last number of years, we've had six practices. Dave's going to come, and we're going to run through those practices. I just wanted to give it a, a little bit of a biblical context. We're going to grab these seats and um, try and talk to you through our, our six long-term aims. Um, Dave's going to kick off, do a couple, and um, if I think he's not doing it right, I'll jump in, and, uh, um, and vice versa. So, all right, Dave? Oh, yeah, oh, I think I'm on, I'm on. There we go. 
Mm-hmm. I, uh, this morning we were chatting about this. I didn't have a clue who Chaz and Dave actually were. Um, so every day is a school day uh, for that. Um, yeah, we, we really felt, listen, that all of this is crucial and significant. Um, I, th- I think the word that Phil's just brought us around that, like when, when he spoke it to me during the week, I just feel the weight on that, you know, in terms of what God has taught us the lessons that we have been given, the opportunity that we've been given as a people almost in a reset moment in terms of some of the rhythms and now is a moment of testing. And I feel that this is crucial for us, you know, that that's what we were even looking at last week, that it isn't just about we want to rush into like giving all the vision because there's, yeah, we, we don't know it all fully yet where we're going, but yet we could try to fill your minds and your thoughts with some grand ideas. But yet the reality is for us in this moment, how we stay and step is crucial. Yeah, and I know that we're, we're trying to do that too, uh, for us even as a leadership. And so even even just looking ahead, so one of the things to say, well, well, that's what we want to do. And everything that Phil has just shared as well, how we want to include you, that this is a vision that is for us all. And because the mind of Christ is in the body of Christ, so we just want to press into that together. We, do, we, we don't want to just simply say we're going to twiddle our thumbs up to Christmas and the new year. We want to just share some incremental steps that we think we could step into in terms of how we stay and step with us. And so... Or six long-term aims. I'll do the first couple, and then Phil, you can do the next two. Is that all right? Um, so uh, the first one that we have, these are squeaky chairs. I'll try not to turn around too much. Uh, posture and prepare ourselves to help steward a move of God's spirit in, in Ireland. Man, this is really squeaky. Um, as we do this, so some of the steps, and again, how we stay in step with this, some of the ways which we would love to encourage and invite you to be part of this with us. Again, as Phil's already mentioned earlier, corporate prayer is going to take on an aspect of this. Obviously, our theme for this season is around advance, and so you'll see that actually while we have a graphic for Sunday mornings, there'll be this graphic that will be for our corporate prayer times, but it's still the same mindset about we want to move forward, we want to press forward as a people that worship from a, a posture of worship and prayer and adoration that we lead forward with this mindset. And so we, we want to just focus on this idea. We're going to be looking about some of the valleys that need raised up. Phil's already mentioned as well that our we don't want to rush into just filling Sunday nights at the minute either because it's what we've always done for years. But um, our, our Sunday night... The last one of the month in this season, anyway, we are we're gonna we're gonna simply call. Well, there will be a focus of worship watch. The the key or the strap line, the the text underneath of advance has just been around seek first, and so we just really wanted to call it that. How do we just gather in those nights just to seek first God's kingdom together? And then um, we, we we have um, over the last number of while it, it's been online, hasn't it, for the first while with the local ministers. Um, there, there's been some of them that have been joining with us just for uh, just a time, just really praying together and just seeking the Lord. Uh, we, we're committing to do that, and we're calling just the local churches to gather with us as we as we partner in those things. But yet, we really want to call all of you as well that there would be an opportunity for us to really pray into those. And so, all we're saying is this: I know I've been saying to Tash about this. You know, our prayer room, we will get that up and going again at some point. But we, we we've been chatting about this as well. We would love that there could be just whatever shape it might be, if there was some fresh rhythms of prayer, just, you know, perhaps for, for all of us to step into and to try and embody in this season. And so we will be giving you some sort of a focus on that. And then finally, in this one, uh, a dream that we had, and we still feel it's a dream of the Lord, but we had to just sit down for a little while, was around Nua, um, around where, where that was going. We, again, 
COVID still dictates so many things. We don't know what shape that's going to be, but we're still praying and seeking the Lord around. God, what does it mean for us with uh, churches that are just in uh, relationship with one another, but just have a similar heart desire that we just want to see your spirit move in this land? How do we gather? And so we will be giving you information around that, but there are steps that are in place. There are conversations that are happening around those. But for all of this, these are some of the things we were saying. We would just love for you to just be part of with us. We would love for you to just give your yes and your amen to it, that these are things that we would stay in step with one another, not just an expectation for some people to carry it, but for all of us. And then secondly, just around discipleship. So create a culture of radical discipleship, the release of movement of people fulfilling the Great Commission. We, we say this, that we are a community of disciples together. I know that we're a family. We use that language, but sometimes it can feel really comfortable. Uh, and yet, so we want to just call it up a bit more, you know, that we're a community of disciples that are in relationship with one another. But we, uh, just in the background of this as well, we are just trying to formulate a bit more of a team. I know one of the things, Phil, you've always said is around, you know, um, the idea of team-led ministries. I know that's one of the things you've modeled out so well over the last number of years with this. And so we, we really want to try and create more of a formal team around this as well, just to carry the weight of expectation in the coming season. But Firstly, just to say, life groups are up and going. Again, uh, as a church, listen, I know we keep saying this, but we really want to just stress the significance of life groups. This is a, an environment that allows us to press forward in these ways. And I shared this with our life group leaders um, last Sunday night. We met just to discuss the new season that which was beginning in the past week. And I'd say with them just three words that I really felt the Lord just press upon my heart for this season in terms of how as life groups we really press into this theme of advance were these three words, confess, invest, profess. Uh, and the reality is, I don't know about you, but um, sometimes in our lives, one of the things that can derail us, that can hinder us from pressing forward into what God has for us is just some of the tactics of the enemy. And his subtle ways and his dirty ways, he just tries to just get at us. And so some of the things that actually can be areas of weakness in our lives, I don't know about you, but often the narrative that the enemy puts in our minds is because of that, then you can't do this. And yet the, the, the Lord is really clear with us. In the book of James, it says, confess your sins one to another. And that actually as we do that, what we do is we lift it out of a place of hiddenness and in the darkness, we bring it into the light. We don't do it in a public form like this, but in a place of relationship, we get to confess it and we get to actually allow God's grace and truth to shine on. And so in life groups, we're going to just be pressing into that. We're going to disarm the tactics of the enemy in our lives by being able to do it. We're going to invest in relationships with one another in our time of the Lord in just different ways. And then how we profess. Listen, we've... I know, Phil, you had shared that uh, an idea of a dream for a thousand lives. Do you remember we, sh we believed in that? And we, we still believe that. Um, we don't necessarily always feel that it has to happen in there's going to be one church service where there's a thousand people saved in a service. But actually, if we're going to be a radical community of disciples that will outwork the Great Commission, then it's the word of the Lord to us is go. <laughs> and make disciples. And so in our lives, how we go and profess Jesus is going to be crucial with that. So in, in this one, the life groups is going to be key in this season. So everything in terms of advance, like our Sunday mornings, corporate prayers, life group, we're hanging everything under that umbrella so that it's not as if there's lots and lots of scattered environments, but everything that one purpose. Um, we're going to develop a common rule of life. We did release one at the beginning of this year, but if I'm being honest, just with everything with COVID-wise, we, we kind of let the ball drop with that one, didn't we? A bit. And uh, there was some aspects of it that really took on, but we really want to see this embedded in terms of who we are. And even as you're saying, Phil, what are some of the lessons that we've learned during this period that help us with that? 
And with that, um, as Phyllis said, we don't want to overpopulate the dairy. We want to find good rhythms. And so to make it accessible for us, I don't know about you, but there's, there's been certain things which we had stepped into this year. So even like the likes of our reading plan, and I know you had your devotions, but we had a reading plan. Uh, and we talked about that at the beginning of the year and recently just talking about it with, with some friends in church and some leaders in church about some of these reading plans. We're saying, what's that again? What's, what's, the, what's those reading plans? And you just recognize that while in our heads, you know, for us as leaders, sometimes you think, oh, everyone's getting this. You know, it's, it's really easily accessible. And the reality is it wasn't. We recognize that a lot of the things that we had, some of the different platforms may be in different places. And so one of our thoughts going forward, just even to try and step in, is we would love to just maybe potentially develop an app that just centralizes all of this for us so that it's easily accessible, keeps it all together. That's one of the thoughts we would love in this season to do. And then obviously with your devotions, Phil, and that's why you're doing it on Monday mornings to just try and bring it in line with the reading plans. And then, yeah, with kids and youth, in terms of outworking the Great Commission, there's all the environments are kind of beginning in this season again. So just to say drop-ins are beginning during the week. Junior drop-ins on Tuesdays, youth drop-ins on the Mondays and the Wednesdays, which is brilliant. Friday nights, Quest and Impact and all those things as well. Uh, and so, yeah, lo lots of different things under discipleship. Phil, number three is for you. I did. I did. It was me. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, just one wee thing that maybe some people don't know what it is, NUA. Um, for if you're new and you're wondering what NUA is, you know that rhymes a little bit, but um, NUA is just a big festival of churches that um, are connected to us where we could go and gather um, for a, a weekend to just worship and praise God together. Um, this one, Building a Mature and Thriving Local Resource Church, our building project in um, ECP and Emmanuel Church Portadown, um, we have still got the Toy Master building, the processes along getting that are still um, a little bit slow. That maybe has been a God thing because with Brexit, the building materials and everything um, all shot up 30, 35%. So it threw the costings of that a bit skew with. And in the meantime, then we've got to, uh, two buildings, actually renting two buildings in McGann West which the guys are actually meeting in, um, we'll be meeting in now shortly at 11. So it's been really a blessing of God, and we've got those for the uh, unforeseen future. And we'll, in our prayer gatherings, where we'll, we'll start alternating again, so you'll get over to get seeing that as we pray and that. So that's um, still continuing. The idea of this building, um, for those of you who've been about a wee while will remember we used to have a front office um, which uh, had a sort of opening sliding window. And it was one of the most incredible uh, evangelistic tools we ever had. I'd done more funerals, led more people to Jesus at that window where people just come in and gathered. And then we've done the whole process out there and it's beautiful. But what can happen is people can walk in from the outside and walk into a big empty space. And we're all in our offices and nobody knows really where to go. And so We'd love to try and we've got some new ideas and we're still scoping those out about how to set a fresh culture of welcome and hospitality at the heart of this Lurgan building. So when people walk in our front door, they're walking in through their own front door. That's sort of the idea. We make it a place as hospitable and home. Um, so we're working at that um, to try and think out how to do that best. We're re-establishing gathered Sunday environments. So for instance, teams again that we couldn't do. So 
prayer ministry teams and things like that, we really couldn't do that because we couldn't lay hands on. We couldn't even actually stand within two meters of someone. So those, those, those teams, um, we, just, we allowed those just to dissolve and uh, now it's time to reestablish some of that. So we'll be looking at that. Not all right? Anything I'm missing in that? Okay, number four, um, release an apostolic movement of church plants around Ireland. This is an exciting one, and I know from a local context, from you and Lurgan, maybe sometimes you hear this and wonder what's it all about. At this moment in time, we have 12 churches who have connected to us to bar is the Irish word for springs and wells. If you come from the south of Ireland, you call it tubber, all right, so they call it tubber like um, Tobermore or Tober Uni, we just make it fancy and call it Tobar, and it's not a Tobar, all right? But um, uh, Tobar is just, as I say, the Irish word for springs and wells, and that was a word that was very paramount even through our broken years, um, that God just kept giving us words around visions and springs, and so we just felt it was the best name for it at that time. We have 12 churches, we call them our Tobar family, that was the leaders that I was on with on Wednesday night, encouraging them. Um, and it's really, really good. Really, um, these are churches that range from the middle of Ireland and Kevin to Bangor um, and everywhere in between, really. Um, we've got a really strong prophetic team that has formulated from our, our first to bar conference. And some of the people who were in their prophetic teams have got together. They've just done a prophetic course there. Um, they've been to some of the ch 12 churches that I've just told you about, and some of the prophetic words that they've been able to speak into the, the, the churches and speak into us. And we've been sort of um, going through some of those words. Um, Dave and Al and Chris and I just have late just some of the words trying to put them together. So we're excited about that, having a really strong um, prophetic team working at the very heart and center of our church. And then planting opportunities. Um, there's many, many things that we could say about this. Uh, just a couple of wee things that I, I jotted down. Um, yeah, it's just around Ireland. Um, hoping one of one of our big dreams was that you know with Lurgan and Portadown, we wanted to make sure that they were two resource churches and Portadown still growing, that they would be able to resource the nation. One of the big dreams would be to plant a church in the south of Ireland um, that would become the same, a resource church in the south of Ireland and already we've been in conversations with some people about that which is really really exciting and uh, so really pray for that that we would see something see David and Rosemary here and you know what the south of Ireland is like you lived there long enough and it's a different ball game completely um, it's it's just it's hard work down there and David and Cheryl are here somewhere this morning too who've been down there in the west of Ireland as well. So, yeah, loads of opportunities around that. I think that's all I have to say. We're in five, Dave. Okay, last couple, very briefly, and then, Phil, you can lead us around the, the table. Um, so, number five, conceive and implement citywide transformation. Obviously, we, this is part of the vision. You know, we want to believe... Uh, to help rewrite the story of Craig Avon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the kingdom of God. And so in the city, we just really are asking God, what is your heart and your imagination for this area? Uh, and yet uh, we recognize that it's, it's not just about 
what God's saying even to us around that, but it's what God's saying to us again as a, as a whole community. And so these are why Phil mentioned them earlier, catalyst um, conversations. There'll be two or three dates that'll be put out. We'll be announcing this to you, but these are opportunities for you to come and be part of the conversation so that it's something of us discerning together. Um, that's what this season is about. How do we discern the mind and the will of the Lord together? Um, as, as a community and so that's going to be around some areas like mental health poverty environmental issues we just want to call you into that and then off the back of that that's why there is a strategy we want to just get in place you know that maybe over a five-year ten-year process that we could try to reconfigure even part of this building and we would love that this could be almost a center of excellence around compassion and and as a welcome for the community and so we're, we're excited about that and obviously it's not as if to say that's all five years away there's lots of great things happening right now within compassion uh, lots of their ministries are getting off the ground again and some new ones that are running as well uh, like there's going to be um, a men's drop-in I know there's one on Thursday mornings but there's going to be one that will be beginning on Monday evenings uh, which we're going to be uh, announcing in the next week or so to you around that as well and then finally number six and then I'll pass over to you again Phil no, number six train and release leaders through mature leadership development pipeline um, this this year, we're, we're about to finish just uh, as we get towards Christmas. There's 25 students that are graduating through the pipeline, or through the pathway at the moment. Uh, Rick Preston uh, is part of our church and part of uh, just really significant heading this up. Rick obviously just carries a real heart just to release people into leadership, both within this church, but within the churches in the nation. And so we just are excited to see these 25 people as they come through it all that God will do in their lives but one of the things reasons why we want to say that is because there's going to be a new recruitment that will be beginning for that in January uh, which we just want to just make known now and uh, we we will be uh, putting that out you know for people to approach us but we will approach people as well conversation around that one of the things to say which we don't have in this as well for any of the younger people too that we will be really pushing around internship for in church here we don't have any interns at the moment uh, in in this season um, but as, as we look ahead to the year after that, we really would love to welcome people to become be part of who we are. So lots that's going on, lots for us to stay in step with at the moment. But yet the main thing, as Phil's been saying, is around how we just discern together, how we encourage and support one another to discern the mind of Christ together in those ways. Phil, take us home. Brilliant. That's so good. And that is lots of stuff. We just want to overwhelm you with... Um, ideas and and but these are all strategies and stuff that we're we're excited about and just as i said the process is in place and we just wanted to our vision sunday so we wanted to make them known to you we're going to remember the lord just as a way of response dixie hope you've got that string fixed oh yes um dixie and the team are going to come and just lead us as we do this you've all received one of these on the way in if you haven't got one put your hand up and one of the guys at the back will get you one but if you missed i think everybody has got but um just, just to explain, there's two lids on this, all right? So there's a little flim, flimsy lid. Some people can peel the whole thing off and you're back, you're straight into the juice, all right? And then it's really hard. So just if there's a little top lid, little flimsy one that comes off first. And of course, that's a little piece of bread, little fleck, all right? Just to know that you do it right. Um, I, I, wanted to, I, just, I wanted to talk to you just for two ticks and then we're going to worship and we're going to remember the Lord. The vision is Jesus. That's the bottom line. Everything we're doing is keeping our focus, keeping ourselves in step with the Spirit. And I love this verse in John 1, 29. And it, it 
basically, there came a moment in Jesus' life, there came a moment, I love that John kicks straight into the ministry years. In John's gospel, you don't get any of the prelude. This is it. This is John 1, all right? And Jesus has lived 30 years at this time. And one day, one day, in his carpenter's shop, his dad, history would let us know that he probably died somewhere in Jesus' late teens. And um, Jesus is the eldest of the family. He has held the family together. He has provided for the family. He's honored and loved his mother. He has worked a business. He knows what it's like to keep a family. He knows what it's like to provide. But one day, one day he brushed the carpenter's shop for the last time. And I don't know in the whole theology of him being totally God and totally man at this moment in time exactly what he knew. But he knew this. He knew this, that the moment of his calling was at hand, and he brushed up his carpenter shop for the last time. He parked the brush in the corner, and I imagine he went in and hugged his mom really, really tight. And he walked the 35 kilometers from Nazareth to Jordan, about 20 miles. Some of us in this room have been on that trail, and some of us are heading to it again with Maureen and I in um, 2022. And uh, excited about that, really excited to do that again. And it's the most incredible place. And he walked there and he arrives at the Jordan and here's what John says, on the next day, the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I just want you to know there's a next day. There's a next day. But today could be the next day. (laughs) One of these days is going to be the next day. One of these days is going to be that Jesus parks his brush, as it were, and steps over the threshold from eternity back into time. And the Bible tells us that every face will see. I don't know how that's going to happen. Maybe Instagram, Facebook. I haven't a clue how it's going to happen. But it says he's coming, Revelation 1-7. He's coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him. And even those who pierced him and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. And John the Revelator said, even so come. Amen. It says for Matthew 24, for as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Hebrews 9, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sin of many, will appear a second time. I don't care whether you're post-trib, pre-trib, M-mill, pre-mill, any of those I've mentioned hold a bit of water, by the way. You could study them all, but I tell you this, he's coming. Whatever view you hold, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. So as we take this right now, we're going to remember one who paid the price for us. Let's do that. One who paid the price for our redemption, bore our sins in his own body in the tree. That's what the bread reminds us. And as we take the cup, we remind ourselves of the blood that was shed. But I want you to think about the next day. I want you to think, what if, what if the next day was tomorrow? What if the next day was today? (laughs) What? Is there anything you would change? Is there anything you would do different? Let's, let's think about that as we remember the Lord together. Let's remember the Lord together. The guys are going to lead us in worship as we 
as we do that this morning. So, Father, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. And we just pray now that as we take this bread and as we take this cup, we'd focus our eyes on the one who paid our redemption price, but who is coming again really, really soon. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.